Hey everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually Podcast. It's your boy, Dave Neal. What's that sound? What's that sound? It's Dave in the car. Should I start a separate episode, a separate podcast just called Dave in the Car? I feel like I live out of my fucking car. That's all I do these days is podcast from the car. And I know what you're thinking. What's going on, Dave? Do you not have a home? You live out of your old Toyota? Well, it feels like that. Or life is so good, I'm so busy, that the only time I get to talk to my friends, uh, i.e. you guys, is uh, during these car rides. Now, here's the thing. I just Sometimes I just want to do this shit myself. You know what I mean? Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes Tasha and I... We'll uh, boil up some tea bags and have a nice little convo. And sometimes I just got to get real with myself and uh, get some demons out. So uh, who's not where they want to be in their career choices? Raise your hand. Anyone else with me? What's up? I'd love to meet people that are like, yeah, I am right where I should be and uh, life is good. I got my buddy, Abby. Abby's married with two kids. And what's interesting is we lived together in college. And, Aubie, this is no knock on you if you're listening. I doubt you are because you have a high-paying government job. You have shit to do. But Aubie was the one who couldn't – you couldn't wake up before noon. He uh, Like, he'd pass out with a full dip of tobacco in his lip. And um, he'd like pa- he, he's the type of guy that would pass out, like, jacking off. Uh, like in the pull-out couch in our living room. You know what I mean? Not that I ever caught him doing that. I know that was a very specific thing that I just said. But uh, but then all of a sudden he gets his shit together. As soon, if not at the same time as I lose my shit, I feel like we belong in one of those Disney movies where like we both slipped and f- fell on our heads at the same time and we stole each other's bodies. Like you, like I became the uh, unsuccessful. Not that you weren't successful. Look, no matter... I'm sh- I'm here to shit on myself. I'm shitting on myself, not on you, Abby. I love you, and uh, it's been a long time since I've seen you. But it's just funny seeing now that you're a dad and like you're married and you got your shit together. When literally the night before your wedding, you're getting in a fist fight with your dad. We're at the rehearsal dinner. Like, is this shit off? I love it. Your family's great. Abby was the t- type of guy. I live with my senior year of college. He was the type of guy. He would he would be so fucked up. Just on every type of stimulant you could imagine, he'd have, he'd pack his lip full of tobacco, he would be just drunk off of, you know, some like Cabo Wabo tequila, he was always, he was always sweating, we called him DJ Sweats, because he was always like taking some like fish oil, or some, uh, some weird like, uh, you know, you know, HGH type of thing, and, uh, the, the most bonding moment I had with Abby was senior year. He was getting ready to go to Acapulco uh, with some other friends. We were, we were doing different spring breaks. I was going uh, on a cruise of the West Caribbean, and he was going to Acapulco. But, of course, uh, the day before the trip, he wanted to, whack, to get waxed. But, um, you know, he, did, he, he got the do-it-yourself wax. And I, I've never done this before. I, I waxed. Oh, no, this, that's not true. Tasha got me to wax between my eyebrows a few months back. I don't know if, if I mentioned that on the podcast. But that was an interesting thing. That type of wax, you she heated it up, and she would, like, roll it onto the, um, you know, unibrow area. And then it would harden, and then you would just pull it off with your fingers. Like, there was no paper 
uh, involved with that. But anyway, with Aubie, he he decided that because he's like he's a German guy, so he's super hairy, bald on top, and then full hair rest of the body. Well, he wanted to to have his back waxed, so. Me and my other roommates, Abe and Joel, we uh, we all got together to help him wax his back. And we all just took turns pulling off the wax. It was horrifying. The smell. Who knew that skin could smell that way? I guess ladies who are listening know what I'm talking about. I don't know if men understand. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a bonding experience we had. What's the point of all this? I don't know. Anyway, uh, we found out that during Obby's spring break, he got so wasted, he uh, tripped and fell into a water fountain. So, <laughs> so that's who I'm comparing myself to. And now Abby's killing it, working uh, working a very good job as a double engineer, um, a double engineer major, and uh, and he's got a family. And who am I? I'm just in a car podcasting. But I'll tell you this, Abby, it, it is very difficult to talk to yourself for an extended period of time. I just have to... You have to be narcissistic enough to believe that people are on the edge of their seat watching. Like, when I talk to you guys in my car, uh, which, by the way, you can hear that I'm in my car, right? Here, let me open the window. Let me see if you guys can hear. This is it, guys. Hey, yeah, there you go. Got a little wind in there for you. See, I'm just like you. I've got a window, too. You're in your car listening, heading to work. I'm in my car on the way home from work. Oh, I'm just like you. Uh, anyway, minus the job security. So... Anyway, I don't know why I just felt like mentioning Aubie. Oh, because here, okay. So I got a, I got a new side job, right? I'm not going to like go into what it is. Who doesn't have a side hustle? I've literally done every side job you could within the entertainment industry. Uh, as I was saying that, I was thinking, well, I haven't done porn. No, but it's been close. It's been close. I've done, um, I did, uh, I dress, once I dressed up as a Spider-Man for a photographer who I later found out was probably just using the images to beat off to, but he still paid me. But it was really weird. He had me put on, um, it, it, what's it called? It's like called like a ballet strap or something. It's basically like a jock strap for ballet. So I had to put one of those on, and um, I'm pretty sure that the photographer wanted me to be nude underneath that. But I was kind of freaked out, so I left my boxer briefs on. So imagine wearing boxer briefs, which, you know, this is a long time ago. This was uh, when I lived in Boston. So I was uh, boxer. I, no, no, I'm sorry. Not boxer briefs. Boxers. So boxers, which, by the way, are the most pointless thing in the world. I don't own a pair of boxers anymore. I have briefs and I have boxer briefs. Thank you very much. I'm a fucking adult, I think. Uh, so... This guy, I don't know, I was trolling Craigslist trying to find some acting gigs or something. And this dude uh, offered like, you know, like $150 to pose uh, to pose in a superhero costume. And, and by the way, this was the most embarrassing story of my life when it happened. But I just realized, you know what, it, it, who the fuck cares? So the guy, I get to his place. He's got a nice, he's, he's an older gay man. He's a photographer. But um, I get there and he's got a uh, he's got a Spider-Man costume for me, and I don't know if you guys you you know the different moves the different superheroes make. Spider-Man has to be the gayest. He has to be. There is no gayer superhero than Spider because you know why? Because Spider-Man has to crouch before he shoots the come out of his wrist, right? Spider-Man has to just he just does it in a very I don't know. 
homoerotic way, which is fine. I've got nothing against it. But uh, I, so I, he, he uh, you know, I'm assuming he didn't videotape me changing like a psycho. It, it probably wasn't as crazy. It probably wasn't as scandalous as I thought. But for me, you know, coming from straight-laced America to all of a sudden being in this guy's home apartment, wondering if I'm about to get murdered, um, I, he gives me the, the Spider-Man costume. I put it on. Did I say Superman earlier? I meant Spider-Man. And he gives me the little uh, ballet jackstrap, whatever that thing's called. What is it called? Does anyone? I'm sure somebody listening knows what I'm talking about. So I put the I put the ballet jockstrap on over my boxers because I didn't want to fuck. I didn't know if this was clean or you know just used by the last chump. Who knew? So I'm wearing this skin tight costume, and all you can see are like the bunched up boxers underneath this uh, jockstrap. And he and I get out and I and I come out just I mean whatever whatever pride I had was lost the moment I walked out of the changing area of this guy's house in a Spider-Man costume because I wasn't even a good Spider-Man like my the the, the only solace I had was that my face wasn't shown I don't think I don't think I did any photos of my face anyway the guy paid me cash I didn't have to blow him whatever it was fine. Um, but the point is, you do a bunch of odd jobs. I was on a movie set. Um, I've talked about this before, several years ago, right? You guys remember when I lived in Los Angeles, and then I was still like trying to date the girl who lived in New York, and and it, I made it uh, not work. I, I became a psycho. I was like, oh, geez. She started dating her ex. Um, I found out on my birthday she was in Hawaii seeing her ex. You guys know that story, right? That's why we're here today, because I was a psycho. But what was going on during that story, because, you know, you ever, you ever been ghosted on or you ever been kind of like left hanging or you don't know how things are? I just stopped talking to the New York girl. I couldn't talk to her. I was like, uh, I was, I didn't, I, there was nothing left for me to say. And I just had convinced myself, move back to New York and you'll fix it. So four months after moving to L.A., I turned around and I drove my ass back to New York. I get there. I try to kiss her. She totally freaks out. And she's like, what are you doing? We're not together. We're friends. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. It was the saddest I've ever been since becoming gay Spider-Man. <laughs> What's the point of that story? point of that story is I moved back to New York. I was broke as fuck. And I found myself um, photo doubling on this horror film, which means, you know, I, 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 I would get murdered and look and, you know, I'd be like face down in a pool of blood playing a different character that had already died. It was cheaper to have me play it than have the star of the movie play it. So Brett Deere gets murdered in this. You know, he's the guy from um, from uh, Jane the Virgin. Right. So he's so he gets murdered and he you know, he's got to go back to Vancouver to shoot whatever film he's shooting. So they bring your boy Dave in to go face down with a pickaxe through my back. Spoiler alert. Anyway, I was playing all these random characters, just photo doubling. And then the stunt coordinator was on set. I was like, hey, man, if you need me, I can do stunts. And the, and the guy's initial reaction was like, thanks, but uh, we're good. And um, I was like, all right, no worries. Because, by the way, stunts pay as much as the principal actors get. Stunts make a lot of money. So I was only making, you know, like a couple hundred bucks. I was just, you know, covered. Literally, my face was stuck to the floor because I had to lay there dead, you know, in between takes and the blood's drying around my face. Not the only time I've had fake blood dry on my face. I've been, I've been killed in many projects that you guys probably don't even know about. Anyway, so in this, so in one day they, they, uh, 
the uh, uh, assistant uh, producer comes up to me on set and goes, you still want to do stunts? And, and by the way, guys, it never happens this way. The, the stunt community is a very close-knit community. They only hire from within. They help each other out. Yet somehow your boy Dave is on a set, which, by the way, was in the woods of Rhode Island. Uh, I just moved back to New York. I'm heartbroken. I have no money. Uh, I'm just fucking depressed as shit. I get this week-long job doing photo doubling, and all of a sudden I've talked myself into stunts. So I was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. So far in the movie, the stunts were just a bunch of, like, you know, it was a haunted house movie. It was, we, were, we were filming in an actual insane asylum, a boarded-up insane asylum, where they used to do lobotomies and all this shit. This, this place was supposed to get burnt down, like, 20 years ago. It was called the Lad School, L-A-D-D School. Search it, Rhode Island, Lad School. Super freaky. I'm talking just a foundation with, like, old wheelchairs and shit. Anyway, we're filming there. All of a sudden, I've lied my lied my way into into saying I can do, um, you know, stunts and the stunt. And I looked like the main actor. I was standing in for him, so they're like, "All right, you look like the main guy. We'll have you do the stunt." And of course, the only stunts they had done up to that point were like your typical setup stunts, like uh, you know, like a bowling ball falls from the ceiling and barely misses the guy's head. Like like all the dude had to do was get out of the way of a bowling ball, like. I play dodgeball my whole life. I can dodge a fucking bowling ball. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I can do these stunts. No big deal. So they're like, all right, well, we'll do uh, two days of stunt choreography. And I was like, come again? And they're like, yeah, we're going to need to do stunt choreography. So I had to learn. It turns out they used me to do the final fight scene in this giant exorcism movie. And I had to literally dodge... Like, we basically had a full crew of people throwing shit at us for a five-minute scene, and we did it, like, 15 takes. We had we had leaves, and we were in a basement of the insane asylum, and they just had leaves and dirt and giant fans, and they were just blowing it all at us because the uh, bad the bad person in the movie is, go- is about to get killed. So, like, she's like, you know, there's a huge shit storm. So the leaves are blowing, and they've got – they have a um, – they start – they have di- like four different guys throwing shit at me. So one guy throws a push lawnmower at me. And of course, I know it's coming, but you can't like look at it. You just have to know to dodge it. So I had to dodge a push lawnmower. And then I, I don't know why it was all garden supplies. I guess we were fighting in like the garden supply basement of this insane asylum. So the chick, so the chick pushes me, right? And she's not just a normal chick. She's, um, she's possessed, right? So I have to take, I have to, let her push me but take it as if uh, a demon is pushing me so she pushes me through a giant pallet board which by the way was i was like oh yeah when are you gonna bring in the breakable wood they're like no this is the real wood and so instead of bringing in like like cheap balsam wood they had real wood that i had to go through but they gave me this skinny little back brace and uh so they pushed me through the wood and then all these um you know, all these glass bottles fall on me. And for that, they use uh, sugar. They use sugar as glass. So it's really sugar, but it, um, it still cuts you. It's glass. It's sugar glass. So if you ever see any of those Western movies or whatever, when people break glass over each other's head, it's pretty much just hardened sugar. Uh, so anyway, they, they, they break that on me, and then the chick tries to stab me with the garden shears. And it's one thing after another. And because of the way they were shooting it, they couldn't... Uh, they couldn't uh, have me wear knee pads, and they couldn't put any sort of um, uh, padding on the ground. So we were filming on cement, and they were like, look, we need you to fall, like, 
she has to throw so she has to throw me after I go through the woods. Does anyone care about this? Is this interesting? Anyway, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's called Backmask. Uh, is that what? No, they changed the name. It's called Exeter. Go search Exeter on Netflix and watch this film. It's actually a really scary film. I'm not giving away the ending, but um, you've got the dude from Avatar. Is that is he from Avatar? Right, the ball guy, Jason Jason Lang. Is that his name? Anyway, it's it's got Brett uh, Brett Deer. It's got a whole it's got a whole bunch of uh, awesome people in it. But I had to keep on taking a hit over and over and over, and it was fucking hilarious. And all I could think of was just me a, a two, three days early being like, "Yeah, I could do stunts if you need it." You guys got to watch this movie. It's a five-minute scene of me basically doing the high jump onto cement. They're like, look, we just need you to fall from as high up as you can jump, which sounds easy. It sounds easy when you think about it. If, you know, if someone's going to pay you enough money, you can take the fall. But the body's smarter than the money that you're getting paid. Like, the body's like, no, asshole. Like, the body just stops you from doing that. So I just had to, like, I just had to get myself into, like, a drunken stupor. Not actually drunk. But, like, just slap myself silly, throw a fucking push lawnmower at me, and take a hit. And, and uh, oh, I got the worst bruises. Oh, the worst. But it was, it was such a blast. And it was, it was partly kind of sexual because it was a chick who was beating me up. And, um, and, and here's how you shoot a stunt scene. You have both stunt people shoot the scene. And then when you do close-ups, like, so when, it, when they do close-ups of the main actress... They'll bring the main actress in to do the stunt with me. That's when it gets dangerous. Because when it's the stunt chick and me, that's like the wide shot where it's like, you know, you don't really see us. There's wind blowing. That When it's two stunt people, you can, like, work with each other. But then when they when they bring in the main actress, she's just an actress. She's not a stunt person, yet they still give her the sharp, you know, uh, lawn shears or whatever that she's trying to stab me with. Yeah, so it's fucking hilarious but then she's on top of me she's like she was some actress i think she played um ray romano's daughter on his latest sitcom but she was in a you know she's been in a bunch of different chicago fire and a bunch of different shows and um she's a couple years younger than me she's straddling me just beating the shit out of me it was weird i'm not saying i got turned on but i'm not saying i didn't uh for the record anyway what's the point of the story is that i've done a shit ton of shitty side jobs and then, um, and what do you have to show for it? You know what I mean? What do you have to show for it? You know, I said one word in the best picture of Birdman, right? Here's what I said. You guys want to hear my scene? Ready? And action. Birdman! That's it. That's all I, you could li- literally line that up with the movie. And it's just me in a uh, mustache yelling at Bird. But I got paid 50 bucks this week for that. Can you believe that? Still get residuals. You know, they, uh, they pay you every time it airs in like an airplane or something. So if United wants to play any videos, uh, maybe I'll make some money. How about that shit, United? Man, and everyone's like, oh, the Asian guy, he, uh, you know, he was so wrongfully. Well, here's my thing. We've all, we all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Asian guy gets pulled off of a United flight. Everyone's mad at United. I get it. They could have paid him more. They could have offered people more money. But in the end, imagine if everybody said, no, I'm not getting off this flight. Some federal agent is going to pull a motherfucker off the flight. It sucks it was the Asian guy. It could have been anybody. I'll tell you what, though. If that was my dad, I would just I would cry for a day straight. I would feel so helpless. It is sad. It, it's a sad, it was a sad event. But um, does it help that everyone has a video camera? Does it help that we're all photojournalists? 
you know, trying to show ev- how everyone was wronged. I mean, the dude should have got up and dealt with it, but instead he uh, he did old Rosa Parks. Man, maybe 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 he should have done Rosa Parks. Maybe uh, maybe something good will come from it. Or he's just going to cash in, make a ton of money. I mean, the dude can only work one day a week because he was writing illegal prescriptions. And what's our country's big- biggest problem? The opiate addictions, right? So this guy's writing illegal pain prescriptions, and he's going to make a million of bucks off of the federal government because uh, because they hit he hit his headrest while they yanked him out. I don't know. It was excessive force. Some people like excessive force. Do you? Um, someone wrote in the other day and told me that my podcast is all over the place, and I'm like, yeah, this is what you get. This is the uncut version of my life. This is what this is the carousel. That's going on inside my head right now. And uh, either buckle up or don't. But it, you know, we could get in an accident together if you don't buckle up. Click it or tick it. Uh, what's happening with you guys? Is this okay with you? Do you want me to interview more guests or do you want me to talk about my life? Which one? I'm going to uh, – should I say where I'm going? I'm leaving. I'm going to South America next month. And um, – Tasha, she really wanted to go to Greece, and, and I'll, I'm going to stick up for her right away and say that by no means did she expect me to like pay for the f- vacation or whatever. She's totally on board with going 50-50. Like, I can't wait for the day that I have some crazy paycheck and I can be like, babe, it's on me. I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we treat each other. We treat each other to random acts of kindness all the time. But she wanted to go to Greece, and I was like, babe, you got to be kidding me. I can't afford Greece I got shit to do. I'm trying to be successful. I can't just take a vacation. And it's a weird... I was talking to my mom about this today. It's a weird feeling. Uh, Always thinking you have work to do. What is work? Uh, So many people like lawyers. There's so many many, um, industries that require so much of our time as Americans. If you're not from the U.S., you probably work less than we do. We work so many hours for so little. Uh, what's interesting when I lived in France, they actually had statistics, uh, cause, cause don't get me wrong. Everyone who's an American thinks Americans work hard. We, uh, you know, this and that market economy. No, there's people that work a lot smarter. So in France, they did a study when I lived there and the study was that the French have one of the highest levels of production per hour that they work. They also take like, who knows, 10 weeks of vacation a year. So we think of them, we shame them. We go, Oh, the French are lazy. Oh, they just sit on their ass all day. I'll tell you what, they're healthy. They enjoy life. They're not obese. They're not, they don't, I mean, yeah, they smoke a lot, but, um, go over there. It's amazing. I mean, they really do appreciate life. That European culture, that siesta they have in Spain, that just, hey, relax. I worked, my my uncle's, uh, I have an uncle who's from Paris. My aunt married him, Richard, and he's got a a twin brother named Alain. So it's Richard and Alain. And Alain doesn't speak um, uh, English at all. My French is, uh, uh, je parle français, mais pas très bien. Je peux avoir une conversation, mais pas. It's just not good. It's not. I speak a little French, I, enough to get by when I lived there for seven months. But um, I was painting with these guys, with Richard and his brother. And it was amazing watching them. We were painting a house. And they worked at a snail's pace. A snail's pace. It, But they painted the shit out of this house. It was the most beautiful thing. They took their time. They valued every stroke. And they didn't make any mistakes. 
And it's a good example of what – and I know what you're thinking. Uh, if you don't like how we do it, why don't you just move to France, you fucking fairy? No. But we need to sit back sometimes and take the vacation. Have the cup of cold lemonade. Take the break and relax. You know you know who's not doing well right now? My old man, my stepdad. My man, my old man died. He's dead. But my stepdad – He's owned his own company for 40 years. He he's thrown his back out. He just had his knee replaced. His hip sucks. He can't he's 5 inches shorter than he was 10 years ago. I mean the dude just hasn't taken care of himself physically. And what does he have to show for it? I mean, he's an amazing guy. An amazing guy, but he's war he's run himself into the ground. I have a 14-year-old brother. Jack, you know my 14-year-old brother, you know, he his dad can't run. His dad can barely walk. The most heartbreaking thing happened to me uh, over Thanksgiving break. I was at, I was back at home with my family, and my mom, uh, my brother Jack, myself, and my girlfriend Tasha, who you may know as a co-host of the Sex Actually podcast, we all went to Faneuil Hall in Boston. We did the Freedom Trail. That's where you get to walk along the North End, and you see Paul Revere, where his house was. The fucking British should come in. The British should come in. Get me a hair tie. I don't want to have flyaways. I got to take my horse all the way to Lexington. I'd grab an Uber, but it's surge rate, honey. It's the fucking Korean War over here. I'm not going to get ten times the price because of the fucking surge. I'm taking old horse over here to Lexington to warn everybody that the fucking Brits are coming. So we get to check that all out. We see it's the museum. Uh, fucking Rivea kid. And my mom said the saddest thing to me. She was like, this is so great. We get to walk around. Luke never gets to walk. And I was like, oh, man. Here my mom is. She just wants to go on a walk with her husband, my stepdad, who's a great guy. But he can't walk. He complains about his knees hurting. And anyway, the point is soul, mind, body, spirit. Without this body, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, it's the only one we have. I'm I'm approaching next week is the year anniversary of my um my buddy uh Matt passing away from a stroke. He was 31, he's my age. He's my age, he had a stroke and he died. That was it. And and it's uh and and we, we you know, we're not uh, we're not dipping our toes into the sandy beaches of Mykonos, Greece if we can't maintain our health. And of course in Matt's case, he had a stroke. It was it was completely unexpected. It was it was devastating, and you couldn't plan for that. You just can't plan for that. But it immediately reminds us how valuable and precious time is and the time that we get to spend with each other on this physical world. And I know it's a little spiritual to be like, this physical world, what do you, uh, you know, just, you know, we're, we're drifting off into the abyss? I don't know. You don't know. All I know, it's a beautiful place, and we get hung up over stupid shit. We get hung up, and we need to treat our bodies well. We need to treat our mind well, and we need to stay sharp as fuck because we lose it. They say what? You stop, uh, like, after your 30s, your body just starts breaking down. And it's like, how slow can we break this thing down so we can enjoy our loved ones, so we can enjoy traveling and being adventurous and things like that? I was at um, a stand-up show the other night, Tuesday night, Karma Lounge, uh, Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I'm trying to, you know, comics, you know, a lot of our stand-up, we... We try to think of a negative premise, and then we try to build on it. You know, ah, I get no respect over here. You know, we try to, and then we build on it. And here I am talking to a buddy of mine, Quincy Jones, and Quincy, and I, I know he's, I know he's going through hard shit. So it's not like I'm like, oh, my life sucks. Then he's like, no, my life sucks. But you know what? I was talking to him on Tuesday. He had chemotherapy earlier that day. 
you know, I don't know if you guys, some of you might know Quincy Jones. He, uh, he was diagnosed with a terminal illness two, maybe three years ago, and he had six months to live. And he said, you know what? My dying wish is to perform a stand-up special. So someone was like, oh, this is a great idea. So they were like, okay. Uh, this girl, Nicole, she was like, okay, let's start a Kickstarter. So they start a Kickstarter, and a uh, stand-up community, friends and family, all rally together and raise $50,000, like, within a few days. And they were, and it was like, oh, my gosh, it went viral. Quincy Jones is going to get a stand-up special before he passes away. This is amazing. What a legacy to leave on for his family. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres finds out. She said, Quincy, uh, she had Quincy on her show. They did a panel. She said, you know, you raised $80,000 for your stand-up special well i'm gonna do you one better we're gonna we're gonna get hbo to air your special so guess what quincy went from you know self-producing this tiny little stand-up special at the west side theater in front of 60 people to all of a sudden being able to produce it at a giant theater in downtown la for hb fucking o and he got to live his dream he got to he got to have that moment and he got to do Conan O'Brien shortly after. One thing after another, because this guy believed in himself. He didn't take no for an answer for a terminal illness. And, fellas, this is several years ago, and he gets chemotherapy every three weeks. He doesn't have health insurance. It costs him $2,000 a pump to have his body feel like shit to fight off this unwanted disease. And what am I supposed to complain about? Uh, the APR percentage is high on my Amex. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what it is. And it's like, you know, it's it's all in perspective. This guy's fighting for his fucking life. And and I don't know what that feels like. I don't have that um I don't I don't have that feel. I know what it feels like to lose friends and and lose lovers and it and you don't have control over that. But to think of the feeling of of knowing that you're abandoned, you're you know, you're about to leave this earth because your body's failing you. I, I just couldn't imagine. And uh, anyway, the point is, is that he uh, he takes the stage and he does his fucking set and he talks about the most random shit in the world. He does his bit. He does his stand up because that's what we were put on this earth to do. So you take your side jobs, you fall a little bit, you do your stunts, you ice your bruise. Yes, you, you take your girlfriend to Greece, you live your life, and you don't make any excuses because you don't know if you have tomorrow. That's it. And, uh, the, you know, the recurring, the recurring message that I have, and by all means, guys, uh, I don't want this to come off like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. But if you can use me as an example, my recurring message is that you need to let out the poet. Whoever it is that is hiding inside of you that whispers for that thing they wish they could do if they were younger, if they had another shot, all those limiting beliefs we have. Oh, man, I would have gotten into this. I wish I could do this. If I ever make enough money, I'll do this. No, now, tomorrow, yesterday, today. They say, when's the best time to start a new career path? Well, 20 years ago, when's the second best time? Today. So this is my rallying cry to all of you. Get out there. Get out there. Google it. What do you want to do? Write a short story. Write a fucking limerick. There once was a boy named Dave. 
His tits were not concave. He went to the gym out on a limb. Something that rhymes with Dave. <laughs> oh, fuck, I suck at this. By the way, guys, I'm talking to you and I'm trying to park in my fucking neighborhood and there's no spots. I almost, I tried, I'm trying to sing a limerick while I uh, park next to a stray cat who's eating a to-go box on the ground. And you know what? Did I run over the cat? No, I'm going to go find a different spot because I'm so codependent. I don't want to get in the way of the cat. Let the cat eat his Thai food in peace. Um, was I onto something here? Let me wrap this all up. I want to wrap this all up for you guys so we have a productive chat today. Tasha wanted to go to Greece. I said we couldn't. I can't afford it. Well, what does that violate? You guys know my rule. What's rule number one? Leap in the net will appear, right? So do we go to Greece? Well, I'll tell you what. We have a, we have a serious conversation about Greece. And we go, what do we really want? Uh, we want white sandy beaches. We want to travel, explore, try new food, s- spend money in a different currency, meet people. Okay. Well, there's a package in South America that involves a ton of great traveling, great food. We were able to upgrade to the nicest suites with, uh, you know, we were able to upgrade because, it, you know, we were able to go somewhere that wasn't, you know, ratchet Greece. No offense to Greece, but your economy is kind of shitty right now. And I don't want to get robbed by old Spiridon over there with a fucking, you know, Greek... Uh, hero i don't want him to throw ganoush at me is that greek Uh, i'm butchering cultures right now so what do we do we found a trip in uh south america we're going there for uh eight days we're gonna podcast from south fucking america we're gonna do the caribbean we're gonna do the mountains i don't want to say the the country because i don't know if i'm allowed to i'm sure i already said it but uh it's gonna be a blast and uh it's out of my comfort zone it's not one of my love languages quality time as much as i love uh, you know, my lady and I love experiences. Uh, my love language is like affirmations. I love, I love being told I'm special. I love being touched, but I don't necessarily love all that qual like that much quality time. Like I hate traveling when it's not for work because I got that weird sort of like feeling like you always have to be improving, but it, but you know, the beauty of being with somebody else is that they can, help push you out of your comfort zone try new things and tasha's like look it's never going to be the right time for you to travel you're never going to be as successful in the moment as you think you should be you need to get off your fucking ass and go on this trip with me and i was like you know what and boy did it boy is it how hard is it to get news that you need to hear that you don't really want to hear like it was really hard for me to be like all right you're fucking right I need to go. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not where I want to be, but you know what I mean? Like I need to fucking start living a little bit. So I'm asking you guys, will you join me? Will you guys live a little bit with me? Go out there, book a trip. Oh, you're single. Go by yourself. Find a friend. That's what it's all about. Find a friend, jump out there, let out the inner poet and let's get some fucking work done. Let's start working to that life we want to have and not the one that we settled for because you know what my buddy matt didn't have that choice and i've struggled over the last year to think how am i going to honor my buddy matt because i can distinctly feel i can distinctly remember the strength of my buddy before he passed away uh growing up he was a short guy like five foot five strong as a fucking ox just a 
just we, we played football together, and whenever he hit you, it just fucking hurt. This dude just stung you, and but that strength wasn't something that was. It was a sturdiness that he had, and I think how can I how can I honor him with a sturdiness of my own? And maybe it's not a physical strength. Maybe it's just letting you guys know that um, that there is some light at the end of the tunnel. And and you guys know as much as I do that I'm telling myself this. It's not all about you, folks. I'm telling myself this. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and we need to share that with each other. It's not about the bottom dollar. It's not about working 60 hours a week so you can afford to just be rich and have no quality time. It's about living. It's about opening our eyes up. It's about shutting our cell phones off. It's about smelling the fucking flowers. So smell the flowers with me. Let me know what you're going to do. What are you going to do that you've always wanted to that you've imposed limitations on? What is it? You're going to write a children's book? I'm not, that sounded like I was making fun. You're going to write a fucking children's book? No, seriously, what is it? What are you going to do that you've never done because your friends are going to think you're stupid? Because you know what? You know what's stupid? Every time I meet somebody or see, you know, certain family, they go, hey, Dave, how's the comedy thing going? That's what they say. Hey, how's the comedy thing going? You think, you think there's any respect for me for that? You think you think it feels good to have people not believe in you? Oh, how's that thing going? You doing it? You never say how's the thing going about shit you respect. It's never like, hey, how's that uh, PhD and physicist thing going? No, they believe in you because it's conventional and it's safe. Well, I'm pledging to you: step out on the plank with me. Go to the edge of the branch. It's where the good fruit is. Let's do something that's not conventional. Let's do the fucking thing. Let me know. I love hearing from you guys. Let's end this episode on a high note. Sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Sexactuallypod, Instagram. Fuck, send it to my personal email, daveneal5 at gmail. I don't give a, I'll give you my phone number. Send me a dick. No, don't do that. Uh, tits, though. You can send tits. Um, Tasha's like, no, you can't. <laughs> Uh, send me a message. Let me know what you want to do. Maybe I can help you. I would love nothing more than to share on this podcast one of our listeners trying something new. Fuck it. Do stand-up. Come to LA. I'll put you on a show. Let's do something, all right? So the point is we need to get out there. We need to take the first step. We need to travel. We need to love. We need to just be the best people that we can be because it's fleeting it's not there forever, and we need to stop acting like it is. Let's enjoy the moment. So this was the episode. This was the, uh, I literally can end the episode now. I finally put my car in park. Um, I was going to read some uh, questions, but fuck it. Let's just end on a on a high note here. If, was this a high note? I don't know. Let me know. I, whenever I do these solo episodes, I love to hear from you guys because I have zero feedback from anybody. I'm just alone in my car. So I want to know, are we talking about uh, nonsense? Are we making sense here? What is it? I'm Dave Neal. This was Sex Actually.